Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Awards Radar podcast. Um, it's been a it's been a hell of a time, hasn't it? Um, we're recording this a day after some like not amazingly good news about the state of the political world in America, but we'll do our best to give you the yucks and uh, be a distraction because I know that is useful. Um, I think Miles Miles is here, by the way. Um, put it very nicely when he said something about like I totally get people who want to like lean into Doctor Strange or whatever the thing is at the moment to you know not have to think about it all all the time because shit can be overwhelming but uh yeah miles is here hey what's up hey i'm here and yes i did say that um yeah i, I saw some people on twitter criticizing people who weren't exclusively talking about this and i think it's uh it's fucking awful and it makes my blood boil and i couldn't be angrier about it but at the same time it is valid to sort of take a step back and realize some people don't have the mental or emotional brain space to exclusively think about this because they go crazy. And if you need to sort of, you know, bury yourself in whatever it is that does give you pleasure that helps distract from how awful the world is right now, that is, you know, a valid option. And, you know, I think everyone just needs to be respectful of each other during this awful, awful hellish time. And I will, I will say, even in my case, like, I didn't know about it until later on. I was literally at the screening. So, like, you come out of it and you're on the way home and you're getting your, your response ready for when the, the embargo lifts. Like, you, you're not always perusing social media for bad news or news at all. Like, you know, everyone has their, their own way of handling the, the modern media. But, uh, but yeah, um, all this to say, we will be talking about Doctor Strange momentarily. Uh, Steve is here as well. Yeah, I'm here. And I, I will say, um, yeah, Stephen Strange. There you go. I like it. So I would say about the situation also, um, in addition to what you've said, is sometimes it's better to sit back and not be the first one and the loudest one, but also to uh, take take hold of the situation, dissect it, understand it, listen to people who probably know better than you, and uh, get an idea of what you're talking about before you go out and be Mr. Hyperbole on Twitter or whatever. Totally. You know, wherever platform you I mean, want to be. It's I, go, like, I, I have plenty to say about it, but I'm like, am I the most educated on this situation? No. So I will sit back no. and I will take, I will make my actions. I don't need to do them publicly because I don't think there's any reason to do so other than not being afraid to voice that you are against this. But, uh, you know, so there you go. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way. I think, you don't want to be performative, obviously, but you want to, you know, you want to make your feelings felt when you have feelings about them. We were actually talking off air about this, about, you know, in specific cases, like how, how does one, you know, make sure that they're amplifying what's important while not making it, you know, either, either about them or, or going off on a tangent. Like, I, I don't think there's a right way. I don't think there's a wrong way. I think you, you know, you, you do your best to, put forth good in the world, especially when it feels like not good and even borderline evil is being put forward. So, you know, we'll, we'll tackle that in the, uh, in the days, weeks, and months to come. Uh, we're recording this, uh, overnight earlier this week. So actually, uh, may the fourth be with you gentlemen. And also with you. There you go. Um, hopefully we can be one with the force and the force can be with us. Um, we don't have any star Wars content planned except for something in a little bit. 
So fun um, roundabout way of tackling that. But for now, oh, that we happened do, kind of uh, by accident, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Listen, we, we it's almost like we kind of have been doing this long enough that we know what we're doing. Almost. Um, yeah. So, yeah. One of the things we're going to be doing is talking about Doctor Strange, um, which uh, Miles will not have seen at this point. He'll have seen it by the time we record next week. So um, there will be a general discussion, let's say. Um, but next week we'll get a little more in depth into some of the things you guys want to talk about. Cause you also have seen it by then, but, uh, it does lead to our first film hawk face off, which is uh, Sam Raimi films. Ooh, I like it. Thank you, Ryan McDermott for, uh, this one. We're only going to do one this week. We're going to do, uh, next week. Another one. I think that's how we're going to do it. I stand. I'm, I reserve the right to change my mind in a moment, but for now, the evil dead or army of darkness. Well, they okay. So he left out my favorite of the trilogy, which is Evil Dead Two. Um, oh, okay. did he? <laughs> well, or did he out, save out of, it for later? Maybe he saved it for later. Um, I mean, just to go over the trilogy real quick, it's one of my favorite like horror series in general, and one of the best film trilogies I think of all time. Um, the Evil Dead is a really good horror film with some wacky elements. Evil Dead 2 is a great blend of horror and comedy. And then Army of Darkness is a full-on action comedy with some light horror elements. So yeah. it kind of gives you everything on the spectrum that you would want. Um, between those two choices, I've probably seen The Evil Dead much many more times than Army of Darkness. I like Army of Darkness quite a bit, but it's not my favorite of that group. So I think I'll go Evil Dead. Fair enough. Steve? Yeah, if there was a third option, uh, it would be Evil Dead 2. But yeah, Evil Dead, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know if groundbreaking, but maybe it is. The camera work, the cinematography, you know, that whole racing up across the ground and the uh, the use of sound there as well is just so iconic. So I'll go with the Evil Dead. Uh, I'll make it a sweep. I, I don't, I think they're both Solid. I, I do agree. Evil Dead Two is uh, is better, but um, yeah, it's a weird it's a weird question in that you're you're going to the two extremes and leaving out the one that kind of threads the needle better. But I guess I, I like the the initial ambition of like this like gnarly little horror movie. It's close, but I'll go Evil Dead. Um, Dark Man or Spider Man is the next one. Um. Again, it's sort of, you know, he always gets it right with the number twos. Um, I think the first Spider-Man is good. I think it has aged quite a bit, but it's still, you know, we wouldn't be where we are now without it. Um, Darkman is a little more weird and unique and interesting, and it's a big swing for the fences, and it's, you know, a bit more original. So I'll go Darkman. All right, Steve? I'll go Spider-Man. Darkman's great, but... Spider-Man, I think it holds up. I think that, you know, it, it has aged. Everything ages. But I watched it recently, and I watched it with my daughters who had never seen a Spider-Man besides uh, Tom Holland. And they enjoyed it. And the fact that they enjoyed it, it says a lot. Because if you go back, they weren't huge on uh, the original Superman. They kind of got tim burton's batman but spider-man worked so mm. so i'll go spider-man yeah I can, I can see that um i guess i'll go spider-man also i think both 
are good. I think both don't really, I don't want to say hold up because they, they hold up on their own, but compared to what's going on in, in the current era of superhero type things, um, you know, Darkman is weirder and, and I know there's an equivalent, but it's kind of escaping me at the moment what it would be, you know, whereas we, we, we know where Spider-Man has gone. Um, but between the two, I think I like Spider-Man more. Not by much, though. I think it's close. Yeah, th- that's one I could I could go back and forth on. Um, the Quick and the Dead or Drag Me to Hell? Oh, man, I really like both of these. Um, the Quick and the Dead, funny enough, is a movie I saw on TV when I was young, and I really enjoyed it well before I realized that it was a Sam Raimi film. Um, it's maybe one of his more restrained films. Like, it does just feel like a very solid, you know sort of, you know, slightly new age Western with a great cast. Yeah. Um, drag me to hell though. That, that feels like kind of like the unofficial fourth evil dead movie in a lot of ways, at least tonally. Uh, and that, especially coming off of the Spider-Man trilogy, it's such a shame that like he did that and then he did Oz and then nothing until Dr. Strange. Cause drag mm-hmm. me to hell is such a great sort of, you know, it was such a great indicator that boy, does he still have it? And boy, can he still do something that's so like, it's legitimately scary. It's funny. It's gross. It's got so much going on. I love them both, but I do have to go drag me to hell. Yeah. Steve. Correct choice. Um, I'm going drag me to hell as well. Drag me to hell is in my mind, pretty close to a masterpiece. I think it is one of the, it, it, it plays on so many different genres. And it, it's like, you know, which is Sam Raimi going from Evil Dead to Army of Darkness. It, it, the, and it, it, like you said, it is like that, that next sequel. It, it just expands on it, but it nails it. And I think the tone of it is so teetering on upsetting and dark and then funny as hell. And, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's one of my favorite films. So, yeah, drag me to hell. Yeah, drag me to hell. Yeah, I, I'm quick in the dead's fine. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, honestly. It hasn't. I feel like it didn't leave a strong impression on me, and it's only in the last like five or ten years. I feel like people have started to say that it's this underrated gem, and oh, is it Sam Raimi's best movie? And all these things that I, I am a little puzzled it's by. Drag me, but to then hell. again, not included on this. Yeah, I, I could drag me to hell is great. I will also say not included on this list is the movie that I consider his best film that I know no one really loves, which is for love of the game, his baseball movie, with Kevin good. Costner, um, which is great. It's also his least Sam Raimi movie, give or take what we're going to talk about in a second. But there, there's no, th- that was him being like, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. I would love to make a sports movie about the Detroit Tigers. And I get to have Kevin Costner and God bless him for it. Um, but yeah, it's a sweep for drag me to hell. Next up, Sorry, we had to do it. Spider-Man 3 or Oz the Great and Powerful? <laughs> Did we have to do it? Um, Ryan told us. Spider-Man 3 is a movie that I've gone back and forth on. I did probably like it well enough when I first saw it, but then like sure. over time it's just like, oh wait, this is dumb and this doesn't work and it is a bloated mess and it has too many characters and too many plot threads and it's it kind of leaves that a sour aftertaste on what would otherwise be a great trilogy, but there is a lot of good stuff in it. And, uh, I think the good stuff gets buried, but it is still good. 
Oz the Great and Powerful, I is just a bunch of CGI nothingness. It feels like his most impersonal film, and there's not much positive I have to say about it. So, best of a bad bunch. I'm going Spider-Man three. Sure, Steve. Yeah, I the Oz, great and powerful. I don't recall if I even finished it because I was so turned off by it. Um, I mean, there was nothing there, and Spider-Man three is a total mess. It's overcrowded. Uh, it, it, it's it's a huge, especially after Spider-Man Two. You you it's hard to believe it's the same director. And yeah, but they do give you the uh, Spider-Man like disco walking down the street. So Spider-Man Three. Give or force. Um, but yeah, we're we're inexplicably going to have to sweep with uh, Spider-Man Three. Um, Oz is not like an awful movie. But it's just barely a movie. Like it's the way I define these things in my head sometimes is could they be in a how did this get made episode? You know, and like Spider-Man 3 kind of could be, even though it's not strictly a bad movie. Oz the Great and Powerful is just an idea that didn't go any further than like, what if we did an origin story for The Wizard of Oz? And like got a bunch of like pretty solid cast members mm-hmm. and but then gave them nothing to do like i'm a bigger zach braff defender than most but they made him like a pet almost like isn't he isn't he one of the monkeys yeah or like there's like a little yeah, song yeah. or whatever yeah to give you like oh th- that's how the the monkeys kind of started or something like just like weird stuff that just like i don't know what the idea was there beyond the the elevator pitch that's the thing i'd like to that's i'd fair. love to hear him defend it if he does defend it because it like i don't understand what yeah what what the approach was what what was your goal here because it doesn't seem like anything more than oh you have a property that's already established and you got a bunch of actors let's throw them together with some uh, talented uh, art direction and see if we can make a movie and yeah no not really uh and since you guys are good we can end on evil dead 2 or spider-man 2 oh yeah okay i see what you're doing ryan i see what game you're playing um god damn it yeah these are probably my two favorite films of his give or take drag me to hell i love that one a lot spider-man 2 is still incredibly probably one of the best superhero movies it's it's not in my top five, but it's probably in my top ten. I would have to think about it. I know I did a letterbox ranking thing, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But it is yeah, it, it's do. a classic. It's the best of that trilogy. It's it holds up the best of the three easily. It's got so much great stuff going for it. Um Evil Dead Two though. God damn. Like that is a movie that like I have a huge stupid grin on my face the entire time I'm watching it. It's everything I love about Sam Raimi as a director is in that movie. And it's, and it's pure because he doesn't quite yet have the budget to like kind of start going through the studio system and start to get a little watered down. Um, I think it's remarkable that his voice is as present as it is in the Spider-Man movies. Um, And I've heard nothing but good things about how much his voice stands out in Dr. Strange, which I guess we'll get to in a minute. Um, I mean, it's a kill your darling situation, but I am going to go with Evil Dead 2. All right. Steve, which one are you killing? Oof. I'm going to kill them both and go drag me to hell, but I can't. So. There you go. 
Oh, uh, that is a tough one. It's tough, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's also, they're not the same. Like, you don't sit down to watch no, no. either one for the same reason. So it's hard to, like, you know, Evil Dead 2 is 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 definitely got a, a different, like, vibe. If you're, if you're sitting down to watch the Evil Dead 2, it's a different night than if you're watching Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Or even Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going Evil Dead 2. You know why? Because right. there's a lot That's of great right. superhero films out there. There aren't a lot of great horror films that capture what the Evil Dead 2 did and uh, or, you know, any. So it's unique where Spider-Man 2 inspired a lot of great superhero films. So I'm going Evil Dead 2. Hmm. In the spirit of there not being a sweep, I will go Spider-Man 2 because I know secretly both of you want someone to pick it. Yeah. Uh, I and they're both very good. And they're yes. like you said, they're both very different. And and I'd even argue that may, that like I'm not as wild about Spider-Man 2 as everyone else. I think, think it's great. It was great at the time. I just haven't been as driven to revisit it as I would be, you know, No Way Home or something like that, or even even Homecoming especially. But that's maybe just a, a stylistic choice. I, uh, I think I'm very comfortable with the Marvel style of making a movie, which is not right or wrong. It's just... You know, the same thing that we'll, we'll inevitably see in the reviews for every new MCU movie people complain about is also just sort of like the format. It would be like complaining that, you know, you like soap operas, but this new soap opera looks stagey and, and like melodramatic. Like, but you know what we're what you're watching, right? Like, this is this is how you do this. Um, so not a not a not a not a big difference between these two. But I like the idea of mixing it up for us. Um, and speaking of the Marvel movies. We should talk a little bit about Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness, um, which uh, my reviews on the site, um, uh, Steve and I both uh, tweeted out our, our takes on uh, Tuesday late night once the uh, social embargo lifted. I, uh, at the time of recording, I will let you know where we're at with the Rotten Tomatoes. But uh, Steve, why don't you start with your take on it? I'll just set us up by saying, we just talked about Sam Raimi. It feels way more like a Sam Raimi movie than I was expecting. And I was especially concerned about that considering the fact that Scott Derrickson was was fired, slash left, slash whatever. And for all the money, it seemed like the reason would be he wanted to make a horror movie, which I think he and Feige had announced, right, at like a Comic-Con or a D23 Yeah, whenever the movie mm-hmm. was first announced, it was announced as like the first MCU horror movie, essentially. Yeah, and and for all the money, you would assume that it was going to be something where he presented essentially a Scott Derrickson, you know, uh, C. Robert Cargill horror movie, and Feige and company, and like Victoria Alonso, and you know, the power brokers at Marvel were like, come again? You really think we're going to make this movie? And that could have still happened, but I, I do think, I don't know that they necessarily deserve credit, but if so, they do deserve the credit. Because they brought in someone else to do that sort of thing, while clearly figuring out a way to to tell them like we need it to be a little bit more in whatever direction, and whatever wasn't working with Scott, they brought on Sam. And and I will say, there's especially once you get past the first act, there is a there is Sam Raimiisms in it, and there's some there's some gnarly shit going on. Uh, Steve, talk about the movie for a little bit, and then I'll I'll chime in. It's at 80% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. So that's pretty good. 
Yeah, um, it's so to start off, it's I'd say high middle tier Marvel. Um, it does a lot of great things. I think you know where all Marvel struggles right now is trying to connect all the dots between. They're not individual films anymore. It's all this multiverse. So it's it's announced going in that this is part of a bigger picture. So I think some of the, the confusion of that has has kind of hurt pretty much everything for me. Loki and and this and and it's like, but. As the film itself, I was entertained all the way through. I think the third, the first act is a little bit exposition heavy, and which is another issue I have with the, the whole multiverse is there's so many damn rules. And you go from film to film, and everyone has to establish what the rules are and how this works. So you're doing a lot of time, a lot of time spent putting the pieces together and saying, okay, this is what we're playing with. Now let's play. Once it takes off, I think the second act uh, through the close is much stronger. I think this is probably the second act into the third is the strongest, where Raimi really shines, and, you, and he shines through, and you see, you know, why they brought him on board. No, I was just gonna say, I think I think there's very much three different acts to this movie, and the first act is the very generic Marvel, like, mm-hmm. here's what we need to get out of the way, like, this is the job. It almost feels like if there was Sam Raimi, Michael Waldron, the writer who um, wrote for Rick and Morty and was the writer for uh, Loki. Um, and like, you know, Sam Raimi, him, and let's say Kevin Feige, Runner Raimi, was like, this is essentially Kevin Feige told him, this is the first act. Here is your first act. Once you do that, have fun. Yeah. Except for the, a couple of things here in act two that we want you to, to do in whatever way you see fit. And then Act Three, go with God essentially, and it, and it really feels that way. The first act is very anonymous; you wouldn't tell that it's a Sam Raimi movie. There's one kind of funny, um, not gory yet, but like kind of gross thing in the big monster fight that we see in the trailer. That's that I don't think other filmmakers might have done. So that's maybe your first hint to like, oh, Raimi's doing yeah, this. Yeah. And then as you progress, there's um. There's a, a fight sequence in the second act between people I will I will not talk about because it hasn't been shown, it shouldn't be shown to be experienced. That is like maybe the goriest thing Marvel's ever done. Like there's there's a couple of uh, of straight up murders that happen in this movie. And and especially one of which is maybe pushing PG thirteen. Like Steve knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. And there's one where, where it's like, wow, I brought, I brought a, a friend who has a, a son who's eight or nine years old and like watches Marvel. And I was like, would you, would you take him this? And he was puzzled about that. He's like, I don't know. Like, it's like, it's going to scare him. But is it a fun scare? Because it's Sam Raimi, you know, he does fun scares. And then the third act feels very much like a Sam Raimi movie. The second act is close to like a Michael Waldron thing. It almost feels like the TVA. Of like Loki, the timing is right. With Moon Knight is probably the most mature, I would say, uh, Marvel property out there right now. Besides this, I, would you agree? I mean, you know, I think it's just got a, a, a heavier tone to it, and just a, a, a darkness to it. You know, the, the the deaths in it seem real. So where this is maybe a little more cartoonish death, they're a little on the gorier side, but still also 
kind of crossing that or at that, at that line of, of PG thirteen ish, um, and I I think I think all that works and it, it actually lands really well and and adds some weight to the situation where like wow I did not expect them to go there it's not just totally you know gore and violence to be gore and violence like, like geez it's like that which is that is exactly the opposite of what I was anticipating which is great. You know, you want that the thing in a film. Do, yeah. You don't want to be walk in knowing all the steps. You like a new dance move here and there, and that's what this gives. Oh yeah, they did. They did a very good job of not telling you who the villain is for one, what the motivation is, where the story goes. Like the the for the marketing going a little too far and giving you some hints about like, oh, you might be seeing this person or you might be seeing that person. The the plot itself is very much left on the table and largely you only see the first act in the trailer. They did a pretty good job with that. Um, if I have a complaint, because I will say it's, it's like, it's only about two hours and five minutes long, two hours and six minutes. It's about 15 to 20 minutes shorter than we've been getting from Marvel or even longer with some of them, which I don't have a complaint for. Most of them work pretty well with their length. It's pretty relentless in its pacing, especially after that first act. Like once they get going with the multiverse stuff, there's, almost always something happening. But I will say by the end, not a ton has actually happened. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things have happened, but if you break it down to what was the plot of the movie, like the real, like, idiot, like, just machinations of it, not the multiverse stuff necessarily, not a ton has happened. And I think it's not a bad decision, but I, I do wonder how some people will respond just because we've been sort of trained now to assume everything must change every time we have a big Marvel movie. Yeah. And they're all big Marvel movies now. Like, that's their thing, is the scale is, is so big and they're pulling from so many things. They don't really ever have to do a little movie. Like, Black Widow, I feel like, will be an anomaly for a long time. Obviously, when it came out, it was an anomaly just because of when it was able to come out. But, like, the scale of that will probably not be reflected in a little bit. Like, Doctor Strange feels smaller than Spider-Man, but only because Spider-Man was like pretty close to an Avengers movie at that point. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're big. And this one is to some degree style over substance, but also just like very entertaining, pretty good distraction and does introduce some things that will be, will be vague on while also being, I think clever enough to utilize the multiverse to be like, none of this necessarily matters. So, and while it may be frustrating to some people, I think that leaves open possibilities in a way that you don't they're not married to anything still which i think is better than the option i felt overall that it felt there were some big moments in it in the film that i when it's all said and done i thought back about i'm like you can cut those completely and make this a smaller film and i think it would have been a stronger film if it didn't you know, they're constantly casting out threads to tie it into something else, and you don't know exactly what the what it's it's latching onto, but you know that's their goal. You know that you know there's certain people who show up who are credited who are not any surprises, but people who show up, and you know, well, this is going to be someone bigger later on. This is there's a reason you don't hire an actor of this caliber to have give four or five lines in the first five minutes of the film. Well, so you know what's the interesting thing about that? I like that you brought that up because I think if you peruse, not the internet, not looking for spoilers, not because apparently some stuff did leak like right before the screening, 
um, that I was lucky enough not to real the hear but or see, but other people have. But if you just look at like what they've been comfortable, Marvel Studios, what they've been comfortable showing you, it is interesting where they chose to be like, we're comfortable letting you know Patrick Stewart's in this movie, you know, and as it gets closer, being somewhat clearer about who he most likely is, whereas other things and other elements of it have not been shown. And I like in a way that they've figured out a way to be like, well, we have a reason that we think you should know that. And, you know, people jump to conclusions and maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. We're not going to get into that. But I think they've they've now learned that, especially after, what was it, like a year of asking Andrew Garfield if he's in Spider-Man? Like, that can't be the only conversation. It doesn't end up serving the movie well, because not every movie is going to be as good as that one. Like, they, I mean, I think they knew what they had, but maybe they didn't. Maybe they were even surprised by all, by the response. You know, which I'm sure some of it is also, like, not coming out of a pandemic, because we're still in it, but, like, People being somewhat comfortable going back to the movies and it feeling like the right movie to go back for and getting the, you know, that audience pop. Because, like, listen, we saw a lot of really good movies for, like, a solid year where we didn't go to the movies, you know? I I know I loved a, a lot of the things that I saw. We all have things that we loved. But there isn't a great substitute for sitting in a theater. And, like, granted, like, you know, like Steve and I were, in, were, were at the Doctor Strange screening. We weren't sitting together, but we were both there. And there's something that happens in that movie that gets a really huge applause line, you know, moment. And you don't get that at home. So, you know, they know that it has to be more than just building to those things. Because if people know it's going to happen, they're not going to be as excited. Like, there's a lot of, like, not things about the movie elements that have to go into that. But I, I, I felt that it worked to hint at this character while not getting into other elements. And that was just something that I'm... I'm I, I think was an interesting tactic, especially given the fact that they used to be much more secretive. They still are very secretive, but maybe this is their like, well, we'll, we'll throw you a bone as long as you don't come after the, the whole corpse to, you know, get a little Sam Raimi-esque because he has some fun with corpses in this movie. Yeah. My, my thing is, my feeling is that with the exception of No Way Home, I mean, there may be others, but with the exception of No Way Home, a lot of the big, you know, uh, the Harry Styles reveal in Eternals and so on and so forth, I, I, I enjoy them, of course, but they are really like, you know, like the sprinkles on, on a cake. You know, you don't even need them. They're just there for show. They're not, what they're just te- teasing you and they look great and they're fun to talk about. But like for this film, I think it would have served him much better to cut out about 15 minutes to cut out I wouldn't say fan service but any kind of franchise service where they're trying to you know look to the future already and just make this one the film that it is at its core without the distractions Scott Derrickson that could have been Scott Derrickson's take and where some of the, the initial disagreement was yeah and it's I, I enjoyed it. I had fun watching. I wasn't. I, there was no, not not a moment that I was bored or anything at all. It's just at times I said, "Man, if 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 this wasn't an MCU film and this was just the film that you know it could have been, I think it would have been a better film overall." You know, and that's a little nitpicky, but um, yeah, that's that's where I stand right before now. Before we move, before we move on, 
Miles, I want you to chime in with what does this sound like to you? And are you, do you have any thoughts or concerns or feelings beyond the like being annoyed if you saw something spoiled that you didn't want to uh, see spoiled? Uh, I mean, that's definitely a thing that happened, but because I think we did an okay job of not. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, this the big thing I think for me was the Sam Raimi of it all, and you know how much because the and we've talked about this before. There are some directors like your James Guns and your Taika Waititi's who really flourish and are able to still bring their unique voices while still very much operating within the Marvel framework. And there are others like your Chloe Zhao's who maybe kind of struggle to sort of marry the two. And so obviously Sam Raimi has technically made Marvel movies before, but not quite in this. The way they make Marvel movies now is not the way they made Marvel movies in the early 2000s. So no, I think, I think when we maybe tell me if I'm right, I think when, when he got hired, I know the way I felt was like one part excitement of like, oh shit, Sam Raimi's getting to make a Marvel movie. He's going to make a superhero. He's going to make a Doctor Strange movie that's supposed to be a horror movie. And then at least one part, if not maybe a second part of like, is he at this point where he's a workman? Like, is this is this a for hire gig? And it's just got trappings of what he might be into. And you hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Yeah, I, I think that that's also. I think that's yeah. definitely there's some truth to that. I think, you know, I was more excited than anything, but at the same time, it is very easy for these big studio things to swallow up talented directors. And so the big the fact that the thing I'm hearing more consistently than anything is that it is undeniably a Sam Raimi movie is, is has me more excited because I like the first Doctor Strange well enough. It's not one of my favorites yeah. in the MCU, but it's solid. And I think the character has become more interesting in many ways in his sort of, you know, in his appearances and stuff like Infinity War and No Way Home. Whereas yeah, he's now at his best sort of, when he's not. When I'm sorry. Not, I was going to say he's good. I'm sorry. Good. No. Yeah. We're, we had the same thought that he's at his best yeah. when he's not necessarily the center of attention. And so, yeah. you know, I'm looking forward to seeing his new movie. But at the same time, I'm like, there's, you know, I, I, and please don't get into any of it. But, you know, there's the continuation of Wanda's story after WandaVision. And there's, you know, there's all the supporting characters and there's all the cameos, which, you know, I'll find out about on the day. The big but, Star Trek and, crossover. Yeah. But um, I think the uh, the style of it and the content of it for me is more the selling point than the character himself, even though I do like the character and I love Cumberbatch, obviously. And yeah. I think that'll be exciting to see. Yeah, no, I, I like like I like Doctor Strange a lot. And we're going to talk about my impending rankings because I'm going to re-rank the MCU. Perhaps that'll come up in the game that we're playing a little bit. Don't look up my rankings. Um I kind of like that he's beyond the like uncertainty of like the origin story. Like some characters, I really like their origin story, but I I have been more fond of strange as a character when he's kind of at ease with being the sorcerer Supreme or like the unofficial one. in you know, in these days, because Wong is, um, and just being able to do his thing and, and kind of having a little bit of enjoyment. I just like, even just in Norway home that he's wearing like a hoodie, just the idea of, of being a little more at ease with the world as opposed to this tortured figure because that was never maybe the most interesting part of the, the initial one. 
Um, and to just move on from this one until we talk more about it next week. Uh, Steve, you're right. It was weird that um, they got Patrick Stewart for the Star Trek crossover, but that he's playing Zephram Cochran. But he still you know? he still says, beam me up, beam me up. That was so like, yeah. unexpected. Oh, I'm sorry. Spoilers. Was that too, was that too, uh, Spoiler alert. Was that also too, uh, too deep a cut? Yeah, I th- like, I kind of sort of know who you're talking about, but most normies are going to be like, who? That's the one Star Trek movie I know pretty well, which is funny. Like, I've seen them all, and and I'm mostly like, you know, the the J.J. Abrams era ones are solid, um, give or take Into Darkness. And, like, the Next Generation ones are mostly TV episodes, but I really like First Contact because it's also Aliens. It's a straight remake of Aliens at times, which I thought was kind of fun at the time, especially since this is ironic. I think I saw First Contact before I saw Aliens because my my best friend growing up, his dad really liked Star Trek. So that was a thing. He would want to take us to the new Star Trek movie and ironically also Galaxy Quest. So he passed away a couple of years ago. He had a heart attack, um, which was a bummer on, on several reasons. But one of my fond memories of, of him is that he was like, you know what these preteen boys need to see? They need to see fucking Galaxy Quest when it came out because this is going to be you know, it's for me, but also, like, they will like it, too. And I, and I love that he did that. Um, but, yes, um, in First Contact, when they have to go talk to James Cromwell, the guy who, like, basically comes up with Warp Speed, it's Zephram Cochran, and he's a, like, drunken lout. And I remember that name for no good reason. But who needs a good reason? Um, we have another question, though, from uh, Kfleet208. Um, it's actually a new game idea. And uh, we're going to be doing it. So, Kay Flea, um, we're doing it. It's actually something that many moons ago we tried once, uh, OG Awards Circuit Podcast, Power Hour. And I think it worked well, except we never really followed up with it. So I like the idea when you just need to actually follow up. Something we're, I don't want to say good at, but like sometimes we follow up on things. I don't know. We'll follow up and see if we follow up on that. Um, I saw the Avatar trailer. forgot to mention that. Um, did you go to it also? I did not. I did not. Okay, because we were, we were I, I wanted to see it before. Too busy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they showed it to us three times, which was a choice. It is uh, fine, which is maybe not what they were going for. It's not particularly long. It it looks nice. You know, they really kind of feature the fact that it takes place around water. There's really not a lot of dialogue. There's like one line, and it's about family. Not said by Vin Diesel though. And uh, it looks like Avatar. That's like a good thing and a bad thing to me because it doesn't look like Avatar. But are we like fully 15 years later now? Something I think about right? that. We yeah. will be by the time it comes out. Yeah. Like it looks great, but it doesn't look 15 years better than Avatar. And I'm sure there's something that he's doing. And maybe it's just like how good the water <clears throat> looks. Like, I don't know. It made me want to see more, but it also really told me nothing about the story. So, as a as a teaser, I guess it wet no pun intended my appetite for more. But I also like if this was meant to to have me just like oh god Avatar it's coming back. It didn't do that. It it felt more like a reminder of like hey remember you like this once upon a time we're back and and I'm sure it'll be fine. You know what I I did do because the the third time it played I took off my 3D glasses to watch it not in 3D. And it is interesting, I don't know if any of you did this, when 3D was predominant and stupid, with like, you know, the, the 
Clash of the Titans remake and shit like that, where it was just bad post-conversion 3D. If you took your glasses off, like, it just looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take off your glasses during Avatar, like, only certain things are in 3D. There's, like, this weird amount of care that goes into choosing what pops, as opposed to just kind of, like, making every image look 3D so nothing is... 3- I don't know. I, I know you guys have bad memories of poor 3D, I'm sure. No, I, I understand. Oh, yeah. it, it, it flattened it yeah. out, it actually. It, it was 3D, but at the same time, everything was 3D, so it was like that didn't have the selective depth that they, they need to have, because that's important. Well, and I it think is. that really did have, like, the, the few movies that did do 3D really well, like Avatar or Gravity or Hugo, um, where they, they stuff popped out and you got more of an experience as opposed to just everything being shoved towards you. But I think we all sort of got tired of spending a little bit more to get a blurrier, darker, worse-looking version of the movie. Yeah. I remember, I'm sure we probably spoke of this at the time, but remember in the infinite amount of uh, release delays for The Cabin in the Woods, the one where it was going to be 3D converted? Oh, God, that would have been terrible. Yeah, that was when I was like, oh, God. Because didn't it get like, did the company go get sold or go bankrupt once or something like that? There was that moment where like, I think this movie's never coming out. It, I mean, it definitely sat on the shelf for a minute. Yeah. Um, that remains. I still hate looking. Theatrical oh, it's so good. Okay. Yeah. I, I still hate that. Like, sometimes you'll look back at like an old trailer or poster or even just like on like the DVD cover or whatever. And some of the movies from that era would like insist on having 3D in the title. Like, yeah. it's not just Saw the final chapter, it's Saw 3D the final chapter. It's not just Dread, it's Dread 3D and so on. My my bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, oh, it's so tacky. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and not enough of them leaned into the tackiness either, which was a shame. Um, so I guess if we're just every five or ten years we have to deal with Avatar being in 3D, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I don't want a million more of these. Well, or every ten to twenty years at this rate. Yeah, like, if, if Cameron wants to do it, fine. But I I don't need... They haven't figured out a way to do the 3D. I know, I know like, they'll never necessarily do, like... Remember once upon a time, I was like, oh, they're going to do 3D without the glasses. I'm like, I don't know what that means, and it probably will hurt my head when it does, so I don't need it. But there's got to be a better way, eventually, to make it work long-term, as we've seen. But in any event, Avatar The Way of Water... It looks fine. I'm sure it will be nominated for plenty of tech awards, and we'll watch it and go like, "This is a uh, this is solid." Um, kind of how James Cameron works. So, but uh, Kayfley writes new game idea: fantasy movie slash awards draft, possibly also going off of the NFL draft that I spent too much time watching last week. Let's go Jets. Um, they propose where each person drafts five to eight movies. Okay, their their thing says five to eight movies, five actors, and five actresses for the 2022 film year, and you accumulate points based on nominations and wins from awards precursors and the Oscars, which I, um, I'm into. So their example is if someone drafted Babylon and it got nominated at BAFTA, that would be worth so many points. Or if it won a USC scripter, that'd be worth so many points. And the most points would be awarded for Oscar nominations and wins. So we will do this. Um, I don't know exactly how we're going to format it. Um, it may be, five movies, five actors, five actresses. Um, I want to kind of have the caveat that you can't have more than one cast member from a film you took. Just because I think you're... Or maybe you can. It's just go big or go home. 
Uh, what do you guys think? You guys can, majority can rule on that one. Like, if somebody takes Babylon, should they also be able to draft Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and Tobey Maguire and, like, really go all in on, like, everything for Babylon? Or should they have to diversify? I think it's fine if they do, because that's a strategic choice, whether you want to put yeah. all your eggs in that basket or not. Okay. Yeah, there's plenty right. of baskets so think- that end up with cracked eggs, so... Totally. So yeah, that's fine. You can you can go all in if you want. But it, we're going to do a, a draft, so um, you know you may not get the opportunity to choose all of them. And um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a, a point system, and we'll come up with, I guess, what precursors we want to involve, or if we want to have a generic like generic precursor citation, one point, and then. As we get into the higher tiered ones, two points, higher tier one, three points, you know, and you get an extra point for a win. Um, we'll decide about that. Since the listeners can't join in, like with the, the actual draft, what we should do is come up with a, like, select two out of this list, select whatever, and give them. It's not going to be a draft, but it'll be something similar, so they can kind of play along and then submit their. Oh, yeah, we can submit their. Their yeah, no, teams everyone, or whatever you want to call them. Anyone who wants to uh, do their own draft can can do it. I mean, I guess the easiest way to do that is if you don't want to just pick your your top five in each and, and hope you dominate. I would say, why don't listeners? You'll be at a disadvantage, but it's just for fun anyway. And listen, if you beat us, what an added bonus! You get the next round once we finish. Then pick your 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 ones from that because you're. You, I mean. You're not really going with leftovers because there's it's such a crapshoot right now, and uh, and who knows maybe you luck out like there's nothing saying that you can't go for all all likelihood is that Maestro for example won't come out until next year, but like what if it shoots what you know it's going to start shooting I think next month like what if it wraps in October or November and he's been editing while and like something says it's really good and they sneak it out on New Year's on New Year's on Netflix you know it's unlikely. But like, if you draft that, if you turn out to be right, you've got something no one else has. So there's a way to do that. I just haven't decided whether we want to have all precursors on the table or if we come up with a finite amount. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. I think it's just whether we want to keep track. You know, like, do we want to have critics groups in there or do we just want to kind of limit it to like New York, L.A. critics choice type thing? That's a that's a choice we'll have to make. But we will do this possibly next week. Um, maybe maybe we'll take another week off. Of uh, depends on how we feel about the other game that we're going to play. If we want to do that next week again, or if we want to switch over to this, I also might look into if we want to bring on one other person for the draft. Um, the only problem is they have to be available to like talk about it later on at the end of the year. So that limits our pool slightly. Like it basically means does Mark want to do this? Does Mark Johnson want to join in? Um, but at the very least, the three of us will do this. So I think it'll it'll be fun. And uh, we'll figure out some sort of bragging rights for the end of that. Um, so decision's been made there. Um, before we close up, we are going to uh, step back into Hollywood land. Where, uh, yeah, Steve, you're the defending champion, I think, right? Inexplicably. You, yeah. Based on, based on my ranking of Saw films, I love that. Oh, uh, I want to believe that it's somewhat somewhere down deep bothers Miles a little bit. 
Like, I know you forgot about ain't, it ain't immediately. No, and, like, ain't no down deep about it. That's, like, bugged me all week. <laughs> all right, I'm glad. Like, I want to believe, like, at some point when Kelly's like, how was the podcast? You're like, fine. Except, and, like, just started on your mini rant of, like, the fucking Lost on Saw. No, um, that's, that's luckily exactly I studied. <laughs> Excellent. And I believe she probably was like, yeah. And was she like, okay, and then turned back to whatever she was doing? No, she laughed. She thought it was funny. Well, because I, okay. I, like, one of the many, you know, rituals to make sure that she was the one for me was that I had her watch all the Saw movies. So she, she's seen them all. She gets it. Yeah, we, we did. I, I did that once upon a time, too. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to try to make a joke out of a thing that bothers me. So let's see how this goes. You know, uh, my my now, I guess, ex still feels weird to say um, missed one of them. Could that have been what ruined it? Wait, Miles is cringing like I, I had her watch all the Saw movies and she didn't watch one of them. Well, depends on which one. Maybe we'll save that for part of you know what? It's not that's that's too like dark a joke to make for the thing. Um, she didn't watch Jigsaw. No, that's like that didn't ruin it. You can skip Jigsaw no. and miss nothing. Totally, totally. Because it was getting down to it, and it was like I think it was she would have because I wanted to take her to um, Spiral, and I'd already seen it like come out, and I had I think they had gifted me. Oh, you know what it was? Remember the package that they sent me that you were a little jealous of? Yeah, like yeah. The yeah. box from the movie. It came with two passes to like watch it again. So I was like, we should just do this. Like I gifted two others. Um, we probably should have given away on the podcast, but whoops. Um, and I took her to see it and it was getting to the point where I think there was like three more to go for her to be caught up. And it was like, one's on in the background while we're doing something and you're getting the, it was like five, I think was on in the background or something like that. Cause then it was like, okay, pay attention to six. Cause six is pretty good. And then it was like 3d. I was like, just sort of, I think she might've watched that without me. And that was like, do I have to like really watch jigsaw? I was like, no, but like, eh, it's okay. And the, it just, once we finished with, with Spiral, it was like, that's never going to happen. And uh, I assume it's never going to happen now. Um, in any event, we are taking some of the uh, suggestions that uh, Stephen Miles made last week about how to do this game. And they have chosen films to remake. And depending on how they do in the game, the president of Hollywood will allow their remake to go forward as they see fit. Or um, the president of Hollywood will uh, become Hollywood scissorhands and uh, start editing their film in ways that they may not like. Or perhaps uh, they can mess with each other's works. Also, are we keeping the same silly names or you guys just want to be yourselves this time? I think we can just be ourselves. I also don't remember our names. (laughs) One of you was Brock, right? Brock and Dirk. Brock and Dirk. Um, We'll do that again another time, but you guys get it. Um, so yes, so um, Miles slash, wait, which one were you? Uh, I, I was Brock. Also, I liked the idea that this whole game hinges upon the idea that either of us have like good ideas for how to remake these classic <laughs> movies in the first place. Totally. Well, that's why I like I liked assigning the movie last time of just like seeing how shitty it gets. Um, next time we do it, probably in two weeks, we'll probably take a week off next week from this, especially if we do the draft. Um I want you guys to come up with good ideas or pick a thing. Like maybe this could be tie into like a make this movie and like pick a property that you'd like to see made or something like that. We'll figure it out. We'll keep tinkering with what the the starting point is, especially now when we haven't really figured out like the like adventure of it all. It's just kind of like a fun, like trivia situation. Uh, 
So, Miles, which film have uh, you decided to produce the remake of? Um, you know, in honor of uh, the offer, currently uh, streaming on Paramount Plus, a streaming service I do not have and don't currently have any intention of getting. Uh, so, you've I watched will... how many episodes? Zero. <laughs> uh, I will be remaking The Godfather. All right. Um, side note our uh, interviews with Miles Teller and Juno Temple are on the site right now. Um, Steve slash your douchey name, I forget which one. Were you Dirk? Brock? Which one? Dirk, I think. I remember. Dirk. Sure, whatever. Um, which, uh, which film have you chosen? A movie about wars in space amongst the stars. It's called Star Wars. Mm. I want. I really want to cut you off. Like Battlefield Earth. <laughs> you know what? You Enemy know what? Mind. A remake of Battlefield Earth can only be an improvement. That's true. Well, depends when I tell you who's at the helm, depending on your how you answer things. All right. So, you guys are are tasked with uh, relaunching these franchises. I guess they've decided not to make an episode nine. They're going to go straight back to the beginning do your best version of uh, a new hope or are you starting with phantom menace or whichever what is your what is your star wars remake starting as Wait, i'm sorry what <laughs> you're remaking are you star doing wars, a new right? hope or phantom menace oh, oh no no a new hope okay so that's how you're 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 remapping the star wars universe starting with a new hope yes yes all right, all right cool and miles i assume godfather part one Right, not going back to Italy or anything like do, that. Do three. Yeah, I'm just gonna start with only the De Niro stuff from part two. No, okay. no, it'll be, it'll be part one. It'll be one. It's a linear. It's a linear telling of the of the story. Uh, all right. So, directors, we're gonna have to uh, come up with directors, and uh, I'll do the initial thing where you guys can pick if you win. And uh, I'll decide your penalty if you lose. Maybe I'll pick the, who you get if you lose. Um, I'll pick one where some... Here. First question. Do I have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness ranked in the top 10 of my Marvel rankings? How many Marvel we films are there? 24? We are up to... This will be 28. 28. Wow. I'm going to guess that it's not in your top 10, but it's close. Okay. Do you want, here's your choice now. Do you guys want to both get it right if you both pick the same answer? Or if you split one person gets right? Or do you want to have to have a sudden death where if you both get the answer right or you both get it wrong, we then narrow it down to where it might be? Let's do the sudden death. Okay. So Miles says it's not in the top 10. Steve, what do you think? I agree. Not in the top 10. Okay. You're both right. Now, do you think it's higher or lower than Doctor Strange? I'm guessing it's higher. I'm guessing it's lower. Miles has one. It is higher than Doctor Strange. Oh, wow. Miles, who's who's helming the Godfather? Oh, now we got to come up with who's helming the Godfather. Um, yeah, no, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Um, well, a good director, naturally. Um, yeah. Hmm, who would be a good fit? Probably should have thought about this in advance, eh? Probably. Um, when you thought of the property, yeah? Yeah, maybe. 
Um, I'm not going to do someone obvious like a Scorsese or somebody who's kind of already worked in that genre. I want to go inspired. Uh, I will have, you know what? Uh, oh no. <laughs> I nearly said Gus Van Sant, but then I remembered the last time he remade a classic movie. So maybe not. Mm. Um, let me go with, oh gosh, darn it. Tell you what, g- give, give Steve his penalty while I think about it. Well, do you want to be involved? Do you want to help? Uh, no, it's all you. All right. I got to Steve. Think. Uh, you, I don't want to give you too bad a director because you came close, but I want to give you like a pain in the ass, essentially. Answer this real quick. What what does it rank? What number? Um, I'll say 14. I believe it's going to come in at number 12. Mm. Okay, that, right. that, that's pretty close to where I would have guessed. Yeah. Um, like, here's what I would say. I if You know what? If Doug Lyman was a little worse, I would give you Doug Lyman. Because I know he's just, nobody seems to enjoy working with him. You know what? I got it. Steve, you have Josh Trank. He was always going to make a Star Wars. That's good. Exactly. Like he's not an untalented director, but the potential for a debacle is there because I think he, even in our conversations when I interviewed him a couple years ago, would freely admit, like, I don't know that I I'm meant to make a movie of that size. So you've you've dropped him down in there again. All right. All right, and I've come up with mine. All right, what you got? I am going to uh, task Suzanne Bier to direct the Godfather remake. Hmm, what an interesting choice. Thank you. Hmm. All right. Um, cast. What would you, so? How do you want to cast? Um, do you want to just cast like the title role essentially for the Godfather? Or do you uh, want to have, like, a couple? I would do a couple. There's some iconic roles there. And I think same All for right. Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so let's say let's say for acting you get um, the Don. You get... So basically you're casting, let's say, the Pacino role. You're casting the title role. And one supporting player of your choice. Okay. Sounds and good. And then for Star Wars, you're casting Luke Leahan. I think that dynamic has to work more so than like Darth Vader. Does that work for you, Steve? Yeah. That's that's okay. what I was thinking, Luke Leahan, so Okay. So who you who's up first? Which uh, which thing? For me, uh, let's go with Luke. All right, and Miles. I uh, guess that would be. Uh, I'll start with Michael. Michael. Yeah. Okay. For this one, where? But by the way, you guys don't have the list up, right? No. What list? I don't have any All list right. up. All right. Which? What is the lowest? non-sequel Marvel film on my list. 
can I ask a question? Yes. Do you consider the Incredible Hulk to be a sequel? Because you no. could, you could make an argument that it's a sequel to Ang Lee's Hulk, even though it's not technically. Hmm. Do you consider it a sequel? Not officially, but I think you because you know it gets recast again with Ruffalo. You could make the argument that they, that one carries over from the other, and it does more or less link up. You know what? Let's 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 say that. Let's say that it is not something that's a sequel. Now it can be something that maybe was teased out, but not a sequel. Sure. Um. Hmm. Steve, do you want to go first? Um. No. But I think <laughs> not a sequel. Lowest on the list that's not Ooh. a sequel. Yes, I do want to go first. Okay. The Eternals. All right. I was thinking Miles? about that. I never nearly said that, but I'm glad that you did because now I can pick something else. Yeah, it's probably um, not that. It I'm could guessing, be. I, I guess I'm guessing it's a little be. bit higher. We'll see. Um, I'm going to guess it's not a sequel. I'm going to guess Thor, the first Thor. They are next to each other. But Thor is one spot lower. Oh, Miles gets to properly choose his Michael Corleone. Oh, I wasn't thinking of films that didn't have a sequel. I was thinking of... Or that it could have had a sequel, but yeah, I was thinking... Like, Black Widow and uh, Eternals are kind of the only ones that don't have sequels that are at least in development. Um, I will say The Incredible Hulk would have been the lowest one. Okay, that's... I figured it would be on the lower side, but I didn't know if that was... Because it's... Yeah, anyway. So, you get to pick a good actor. All right, for Michael Corleone, um, I'm going to choose the It guy right now, uh, Adam Driver. All right, I like it. And uh, Steve, I think you got Bieber. Hey, that's not bad. Just I mean, Bieber. I'm, I'm not a fan of Bieber, but you know, he kind of fits the part. I mean, there's no evidence he's, he can act. He, he's got the look. He acts like a douchebag. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, I have to kind of give you like something yeah. while still being like, you know, people will show up Josh to see Bieber. Directing. Yeah. All right, um, not the right people. But. Let's go. Uh, let's go, um, Don. And I like how I'm just calling him Don now, paying him respect. And uh, and Han, Don and Han, I like the sound of that. And which? Let's go the opposite direction with this. Um. Which movie, actually, here we go, in my top ten, one, two, three, actually, hang on, that. I had a good one that I realized that was a tie, and that's not fair. Um, how many films, here we go, in my top ten, how many films are first installments? Ooh, Okay. Four. Steve? Um, two. 
Miles is on the money for. Oh wow! Which four? Out of curiosity, for, I was about to say, do you want to do you want to try to guess? Uh, well, I already won. No. <laughs> All right, no. Um, Homecoming, Black Panther, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, those are the right four. Well, I was uh, gonna have, I have technically Avengers, but Avengers is technically a sequel to several films, so that didn't count. Um, so uh, Miles, who's who's uh, playing uh, Vito? Oh crap! I didn't have this one ready to go. Um, you knew you won. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you really should have thought about it. How about um, the Beebs? Huh? Trying to loan him out? Yeah. You How about Beebs as Don Vito Corleone? <laughs> yeah, that'll... Uh... Oh, you know what? Robert De Niro. Hmm. Reprising his role, but as the older version. Okay. How clever. It's coming together. But no Beebs. Sorry. Yeah. Well, All I'll, right. I'll, um, I'll take the L on that one. <laughs> Steve, you're you're Han. Oh boy! I almost want to go Alden Ehrenreich, but um, <laughs> he wasn't that bad though. He was um, good. I, I think he gets a bad rap. I think he was good in that. I think there were hints. I think I would have been curious how he he got comfortable in the role. Um, the Han for you, Miles. Help me. Who gives off cockiness, but like not charismatic cockiness? Right. Who would take all the wrong messages from Han Solo being like kind of a who would who would be the worst version of a nerf herder? Oh, who's like been like like a high school jock or bully type character in a recent movie that's done like a bad job of it? Or has yeah, been like what I'm trying which to Which is the who's the guy who's like an attractive generic guy who's just a black hole of great like none of his movies make money ever? Um he has a reputation, right? That like they keep casting him thinking he's gonna be. It's not what, Sam okay, Worthington, but it's like kind of, right? What about like a Jai Courtney? Exactly. Yeah, you know what? That's great, Jai Courtney. There you go. There's your big cast. Because <laughs> he has been good in things, so it's not a complete. Yeah, but also, you know, it's nobody's this first. Not it's nobody. Promising. It's nobody's first choice, but he can do stuff. You know what? He. Yeah. I'm telling you, this this is not the worst. You've not set me up with the worst uh, case scenario, so I'm I'm happy. I'll just wait until Leia. Yeah. yeah well, hey, I'm I'm, I'm bringing them um, in my own Leia, and the casting will probably right. be worse. That's true. Um, for this next one, for Leia and um, Miles, what do you, what is your what did, did you pick? Who your third person is? Um, I didn't, but I'll go with, um, just to, you know, keep things gender matching. I'll go with the Diane Keaton character whose name is Kay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, yeah. Don't ask me about more word Kay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause she has the iconic final shot. Yeah. You know what? Here we go. Outside of Thor, the dark world. Cause can't make it that easy. What's the lowest ranking sequel on my list? Uh, Iron Man 2. That's probably right. Um, I mean, you could pick the same thing. Yeah, that's not fun. You could both get the, a bad thing if you're wrong. Well, I would go Iron Man 3, so... Iron Man 3. Alright. Wow. Um, you were going Iron Man 3? Yep. Or Iron Man 2? 3. Okay, you're going 3? Um, no, it's Iron Man 2. <laughs> All right, Miles. What's the difference in the ranking between the two? Uh, Iron Man 2 comes in at 25. Um, Iron Man 3 comes in at 22. Oh, see, I've been close. Sandwiched by by Thor and Eternals. Incredible. 
Um, so who am I getting for that role? Uh, how about opposite Adam Driver? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Who's a good Scarlett Johansson? Nah, too obvious. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. All right, I like it. Uh, Steve, I really I can't give you Gina Carano again. Yeah, that's not fair. For who's a bad Leia? <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. think. Um. Oh, you know what? I got it. Amber Heard. Oh. Because, oh. Oh. again, like, I'm not giving you the worst actors, but I'm giving you On the set worst drama, set. for sure. <laughs> I'm giving you a bad set, and I'm giving you a director who's not capable of handling the set. Uh, it's a fascinating situation where Jai Courtney is, like, the most responsible person in the group right now. And he was in uh, he was in the, the bad Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, but he was also in the good one. Yeah, so he's going to be like, I know the difference. Yeah. And boy, are we not in a good movie right now. All right. And let's have one more thing to, um, I guess, I mean, I guess it's been a sweep right now. So, um, hey, but I've been close. Reclaiming my honor, goddammit. Yeah, I mean, we need one more thing. All right, so wild card. You get to choose whatever you want for your film, and then we'll see how it does. Um, what is... Okay, so I have right now 27 films, not counting um, Doctor Strange. That would be uh, 13 and 13, right? Wait. So what's the exact... There's 27, so there's an exact middle is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. So that would be the number 14, right? What's my number 14 film? Before I add in Doctor Strange, what is the exact middle of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to me? Wait, hmm. so Doctor Strange is number 28, right? Uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not counting the new one. I'm right, sorry, but, would be, but, yeah. if you, but if yeah. you were, it would be 28. Yeah, so don't okay, think okay. too hard about what you've heard before. Yeah. So what's number 14? Yep. Hmm. I have my guess. Go for it. Black Widow. Miles. Uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Miles is on the money. Really? Are you That's kidding amazing. me. Yep. Fourteen. <laughs> uh, Black Widow was seventeen. So, oh come on! I was again. I mean, so, so not that far. No. No, no, no. It's that. That's why I think I'm being somewhat generous and just giving you a bad set as opposed to necessarily a bad movie. All right, um, Miles. What's your wild card? I don't know. Give me some sort of. I mean, it can be a cast member. It could be a crew member. It could be a just a luck of the draw. How about score plot or something? Composer. Yeah, do your score if you want. Oh, like composer? You mean? Yeah. Yeah, if you want. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, give me Michael Giacchino. All right. Um, Steve, your wild card is that. Hmm. I was kind of trying to think of some wild thing that actually happened. Um, your wild card is that George Lucas sues you during production. Oh. Is he this able is, to, though? He don't think he owns it anymore. There's some weird... There, I, I, he doesn't, but, you know, the, the question... Also, surely awful. Disney would jump on that. <laughs> they love I mean, I get, people. Oh, you know what? That's even better. I was going to assume this was, like, the official, like, Disney one, but... Yeah, I don't know why you were trying to make the Asylum version of, of uh, 
Star Wars, and they sue the shit out of you, uh, Steve. So um, the movie shut down. Oh, it becomes shit. the new Nailed. Remember that David O. Russell movie that just never got finished <laughs> until they decided to release it unfinished with the new title of, wait, here's your bonus. Do you remember the title? No. Oh, I thought Nailed was the new title. Nope, it came out as a different title. Uh, oh, I do know this, but I've forgotten because I never watched it because it looked bad. I watched it. It wasn't good. That scene where she gets hit with a nail that they never really filmed is so bad because they kind of use like, I feel like it was like a backwards negative to like kind of like simulate like maybe something happening. It was uh, it was wildly bad, that part. And then the rest of the movie's weird and not that good. Give up? I give up. Yeah, I don't remember. Accidental love. Uh, oh, classic. yeah. It was something just like horrendously generic. It was it was generic, and they wanted to go with the letter A, just so it popped up early on the, on the early on-demand rankings. So, Oh, is that the reason? Yeah. That's hilarious. I, there, is, if, there is a thing, and, and no one will fully confirm it, but apparently a lot of these like generically retitled things often have a letter that's early on in the alphabet or a short title. Or will have like America in it or something like that because there's some metric that they get searched for more, mm. and or love these things like there's there's, you know, marketing that suggests what people will look for. I mean, by that token, wouldn't you also just put sex in every title that you put out? But you know, that's another story. So um, Miles reclaims his honor, and the Godfather comes out and mm. performs uh, like the Godfather three. Gets nominated for a lot, wins almost nothing. Maybe nothing? I don't remember what happened with Godfather 3. But you are you are um, actually upended by the remake of Goodfellas. Ah. Uh, Greatfellas comes out. Greatfellas? <laughs> yeah. That's Who's starring? Just another bad idea. Yeah. Well, we fucked Whereas, up by choosing the same release date. That's true. It was, it was a strange choice that you also both came out on Valentine's Day? Well, and you know, weird. the other problem is their movie was Great Fellas. We're the good father. Yeah. I mean, the typos were wild. Um, but um, interestingly enough, um, you wind up on Quentin Tarantino's top ten list that year, mm-hmm. despite um, him not seeing the film. Wow. Because he's busy. Because he actually shot Great Fellas and was busy. So weird, weird turn of events. Uh, Steve is locked in... in Development hell, and it comes out in a bastardized form. Um, though uh, National Board Review puts it on their top ten list. Oh, fantastic! And Armin yeah, White they, they, calls it the best film of the year. <laughs> nice. He actually does the better than list, and it's better than um, uh, the Good Father. That's that's two points in the fantasy draft. There you go. You know what? Actually, you know what? Here's a new rule, Mister. Too- if you're listed as not the better than on the arm and light list, you lose 10 points. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Unless it happens to watch. I'll get fucked by that rule later on this year. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the game for this week. We'll probably, like I said, take a week off to do uh, the draft and then we'll come back with, uh, with this again. Cause we're, we're having fun with it. We gotta, I think we'll, we'll do this kind of thing. Like, like what's the current topic we're talking about? And I'll find some trivia for it. This seemed to, I, well, I like this better. one better because all the questions were kind of centered around mm-hmm. like the same theme as opposed to sort of random. Yeah, well, we're figuring it out. All right, so um, Miles, say where you can be followed, and uh, since you hate when I say whatever you want, why don't you um, 
tell me what you want from the multiverse. Like not this movie, but a possibility of the multiverse. Just in general. Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M Y L E S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They are both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Uh, you can check out my writing on both Awards Radar and on Looper. My article about the uh, cast members of The Suicide Squad just dropped. Uh, and what I'd boy, like to see from the multi... Oh, go ahead. Boy, I was going to say, boy, do they look different. Boy, do they look different. <laughs> Um, what I would like to see from the multiverse, I'm honestly most interested, and I definitely do not want to be told if this comes up at all in the new movie or not. Um, I'm interested in the multiverse because I like the idea of if Kang the Conqueror, as played by Jonathan Majors, is going to be the new Thanos-level sort of threat or antagonist that they have to deal with, I really like the idea of coming across many different versions of him like i think the he who remains version from the end of loki is just one of them and i would be very interested to see sort of a variety of them and opportunities for majors to give a variety of different kinds of performances i think that would be a really interesting way to do a uh, an antagonist also side note for for people who want to read miles on the actual website um the article we teased that last week probably still another week or so away don't worry it's coming but I think the next thing you see from Miles will be about the uh, multiverse of madness and, and perhaps the horror elements, being as that is a uh, an interest of his and mine. Yeah, well, you know, when I have time. There you go. So keep an eye on that for, uh, who knows, maybe uh, Sunday Scaries. Um, Steve, carry on. All right. You can find me at filmstork and on twitter and or let me start over you can find me at filmstork on twitter and letterbox you can also find me on well you can find my work on the verse where this week we are covering star trek strange new worlds so if you are a trekkie and you are interested in catching up on the latest series or if you're a non-trekkie we're doing a thing called star trek academy where we're going to kind of we have two hosts who are big star trek fans and two hosts who are interested in star trek but feel like feel left out with the 50 years and 24 different uh, individual uh, entries between the series and the films so we're going to have two hosts as serve as the uh, as the teachers and two as the students going through discussing it as we normally would and while we do answering and asking questions that uh that would interest uh established fans and new fans who are trying to like figure out what is a red shirt why this why this you know what are the different species or the different uh, races of, of aliens and so on and so forth so kind of creating those connective uh I heard that noise again. What the hell is that? They're creating the connecting some of the dots for people who feel left out but do want to be part of the Star Wars universe. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. do want to be part of the Star Trek universe. Um, and as for my goals for the MCU uh, with the multiverse, Probably the multiverse is infringing on you by that sound you keep hearing. Yeah, it's weird. I just keep. It must be my headphones dying or something. Um, and with the multiverse, what I would like to see is either go bigger and connect the dots and start 
helping us see where this web, where the connective tissue is, or cut it, cut all those threads off and hide it, and then let us come back in ten films and go, oh, that's what it, how it all came together. Because right now it's a little frustrating. Like there's a little, like a lot of hinting this is connected to something, but yet there's this big abyss between the, the films, and I'm like. I don't know. It's for me, unlike the infinity story or the infinity thread, whatever you want to call that, um, you kind of had an idea where it was building. This one seems to me a little bit more of a mystery, and I'm, I don't know. I just prefer either keep it keep it a complete mystery and surprise us, or start uh, start spelling it out. So that's what I want. Alright, and you can uh, find me at Joey Magidson on all the socials. You can find Awards Radar on them, uh, at Awards Radar. And, uh, yeah, I I kind of agree. I do think my expectation is they're eventually building towards this phase or two phases from now. Whenever, whenever this particular big story evolves and ends, to be all of the properties that they have coming together for whatever multiverse type event, whether it's Kang or um, whoever, whatever they decide is the is the, the big uh, sort of like extinction level event, that feels like when you're going to meet so many of these characters and they're going to interact fully. Like, you know, whenever, we, like, we know we're getting Deadpool 3, right? And we know it's going to be a Marvel movie. But we don't know whether it's going to have anyone in it. They'll probably have a little bit in the same way like they had those like second tier X-Men characters. But you know, do does he not interact with um, Thor, for example, just to randomly put one in there, until Multiverse War Part 1 or whatever it ends up being, you know? Um, if that's what they're doing, fine. I'm, I'm happy to, to see it. And I kind of want that. But if it's going to be kind of what you said, a little bit here and there, I, I don't know when it's going to stop being interesting. Like, I... I don't, I don't care as much if I'm not sure what the stakes are. Like, I like everything so far, but there may come a time where I need uh, a firmer decision. Like, that's kind of what I was fine about with this one, is they, they gave you an idea, but they also reserve the right to change their mind, which, again, I'm being vague, but that's, you know, people will understand. And I'm fine with that for this, and they can maybe do that one or two more times, but at a certain point, either decide that we're introducing people and we're going to use the multiverse to do it or we're just going to use it to tease out all these things that we may or may not do and that's fine too but then don't do some of them like if you're going to not introduce them then go wild like give us a million possibilities but if you're going to make some of them like regulars and have them fall into you know the, the universe we deal with you got to eventually start doing that was it with Guardians that we saw uh, Thanos for the first time in the post-credit? Uh, no, we saw uh, yeah. the first Avengers. We saw him in the post-credit before Josh Brolin was even cast. Guardians was when he had his first like proper scene within the movie. Yeah, that's, so that's if I remember thing. the order. It's at the end of Avengers. It's the it's the the minion going like they're tougher than we thought, and he's like good, right? And it's mm-hmm. not him. Yeah, it's, then, a, it's a different actor, and it's uh, uh, like makeup as opposed to um, yeah, uh, it was uh, CGI. And, and the next one, I don't remember because I think there's another one 
It's the third one where he puts on the gauntlet and goes, I'll do it myself, right? Uh, yeah, so the second one would be Guardians. That was after they got Brolin, and it's probably when he looks his worst. Um, and then I don't know af- what that one is, honestly. It's him just talking to Ronan, and it's like a quick little scene oh, yeah, in the middle yeah, yeah, of yeah. the movie. Um, and then um, uh, the next one is Age of Ultron, and that's the glove, I'll do it myself, which makes no sense after you see Infinity War when you find out how he actually gets his glove. Um, it was, that was a better one, though. Like, oh, shit, he's coming. Yeah, although he wouldn't proceed to come for another, like, eight movies. But the thing is, that's what I think they there. need now is to, to start teasing... Uh, whatever it is, we, we whatever need, we direction we're going. We need to have a clearer going. sense of what we're building towards. Because yeah. right now, there isn't even another Avengers movie on the horizon yet. Yeah. When you go What's back to Sha- Shang-Chi, where they had the uh, Captain Marvel, Hulk, uh, Wong post credit scene, and they're talking about a disturbance, and you know, I'm like, okay, it's so vague and so like just generic. I'm like, just... Well, what was the, and what, one wonders what if they've say? even decided it yet. Yeah, maybe that's, that's a problem. may not have decided it. What did, what did Kang say at the end? Did he say, like, see you soon or something? I don't yeah, remember what his, yeah, like, he did. was. Yeah, it was but see like, you what soon. What does that mean, I guess? You know, it, well, it, like, it means another version of him. Yeah. Because that's what he yeah. was going on about being the big threat. Yeah, oh, and that was like, kill me and take over here or... Yeah, because it was like, you become the new me, and like life is good, or essentially kill me, and life will be bad. Because you'll right? unleash all the versions of me that I've been keeping at bay. Yeah, because I'm not the bad version of me. He's, it, he's I guess, the good one. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot going on there. And I think that's, and that's why I think that that's, he's, if we're doing equivalence, he is the next Thanos. And if, you know... Maybe we need a big team to fight a bunch of versions of him rather than one big one. Who's to say? Well, that um, leads into, like, is he really going to be the bad guy in, in Ant-Man Quantumania? Well, maybe, but that could be the thing. Like, he is the villain there, but they all they do at the end of that one is get a version of him, and then there's still maybe, more sort of down the line. Maybe he gets on... Maybe his, he's being unleashed in some way through that one. I don't know. Because they just swapped that, that uh, release date with... Uh, with the Marvels? Yeah, which to me says that those two movies, at least, their plots are not dependent on each other at all. Or they're the next, they're truly the next steps in this, and they're like, it's interchangeable. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's like, because I think, because um, like Falcon and Winter Soldier was originally supposed to come out before WandaVision, but you see those yeah. two shows, they're so disconnected that it really doesn't matter. Or like the Julia Louis-Dreyfus character was originally supposed to show up in um, Black Widow, then Falcon Winter Soldier. Again, doesn't really make a difference. But you do need to see Black Widow before you go into Hawkeye because of the Florence Pugh character. Yeah. They're, they, they, so some they are dependent, some are flexible. Yeah. Which, is, which I'm fine with. I like that the roadmap has a little bit of ability to be changed. But One, it needs know. to be in situations like with Black Panther where, you know... Will it come out this year? I'm not convinced, but hopefully. Me either. But yeah, like what, you know, but that's where I think the, the, the hook of the post credit scene is important to them is that like we can interchange these, especially yeah. some of them don't even involve our characters from the last thing. Like mostly they do, but there's, there are times where, you know, especially with like the Thanos stuff, like, you know, I'll do it myself could be before any of them could be at the end of any of them. And it's not really going to matter. So yeah, I mean, it, it It works in Age of Ultron because the next time we see him properly and the next time he does do it himself, 
is the next Avengers movie. So that there is, even though there's a bunch of stuff in between, it still does create a certain through line. Totally. Um, All of this to be figured out until we die, because they're just going to keep coming out. But I'm into it. I don't have a huge problem with it. And uh, here's hoping that they continue to do it well. And uh, here's hoping that DC figures out how to do it, because God knows they're trying the exact same thing. Oh, God. That Flash movie is going to be such a clusterfuck, and I cannot wait. With Christopher Plummer, right? He's taking over the role. Yeah, he's playing Batman. (laughs) No, he's playing playing the Flash. He's playing the Flash. Remember the Kevin Spacey? No, no, no. Uh, Christopher Plummer's playing Batman. Tig Notaro is playing the Flash. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Because that was um, Chris Chris D'Elia, right? Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Now that I've said that, I would watch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do. As we go out, did any of you spend time watching Army of the Dead just trying to figure out how much of it was still Chris D'Elia with her head on on him? Well, no, they have completely different body types. They would have had to reshoot all there of was, her. I'm sure they shot they her didn't. against, like, a green screen. Yeah, that, so what I remember was they reshot what they could. There was some stuff involving too many people where I think they, they CGI'd as much as they could. And then I'm sure there was some green screen as well. So yeah. I, I'm I mean, sure there are scenes where they they digitally thinned out Crystalia Because they just like, we can't get three people back for this. Right, but, uh, but I think... What scene that is. I think, A, the CG is advanced to such a degree that you can just paint a whole person out and put a new one in, and they do that a lot. I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once. I was reading an interview with the uh, visual effects people where they were talking about there's a scene in the hallway between the mother and her daughter, and Jamie Lee Curtis was there when they were filming, and then they edited, and they were like, actually, we need to take Jamie Lee Curtis out of this scene. So they just painted her out of the scene. And if they could do that on that kind of budget level, I'm sure it's not a problem to just remove him completely. Also, I think on that movie, the depth of focus is so shallow that you can get away with a lot of background stuff. Do we know what the budget was on that film? Like Army of the Dead? No, uh, Army of the Dead was like 100, 200 million. No, oh, uh, everywhere. I think it's like 30 or 40 million, something like that. I think it's on its way to getting that back, which is pretty impressive. Oh, no. I was just remarking, it's still pretty cool that like, I wouldn't have told you. And like, again, I still have to see it. I'm just, I've been bad. I'll get to it. Um. I was a little offended that you posted your best stuff of the I mean, year so far list without having seen it. I mean, there's always going to be a, a blind spot. And listen, better yeah, that than I didn't. That's a big one. But it wasn't a big one until it became a big one, which is where I think. Yeah, but you had several I, weeks of it being a big one to catch up. Yeah, but I have to see all this other crap. So yeah. It'll, it'll happen. I, uh, I will eat. It's also going to be on, on home video. In like a month, so I think that's just going to be how it happens at this point. But we will, we will get oh, to it. Go I, see I, in the I, theater. I, listen, no, it it's, it's a theater done. movie. It needs to be done before my mid-year ranking. That's a that's a hard deadline. But we will, uh, we will see. But I was just saying, I, I find it interesting that they got that budget coming off of Swiss Army Man, and it's five million dollar budget, and it's box office of less than that. I think. Um, which which speaks to you know, a twenty four I guess believing in the in the vision or did they acquire it or did they or did they produce it? I don't remember. I because uh, they didn't really do anything in the meantime, right? The Daniels worked uh, on this. One of them, uh, uh, Shiner directed uh, the death of Dick Long. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, individually, and then they came back. And like, 
But I, I saw that movie. It was cheap and it was like fair. Yeah. They work better so together, I, I think. Yeah. I don't think there was anything to suggest like we need more money than you. Like I, it had to have been like well, co-finance in some way because I don't think they have that money to give them. No, I'm sure. But I think also like they had Michelle Yeoh and they had Jamie Lee Curtis. And I think things like that will definitely draw some investor attention. Totally. I, it would be interesting to know like where the money came from, which uh, who knows as this continues, if it uh, goes on its award season run, I'm sure we'll be able to talk to somebody about that. I am interested sometimes about like, how do you get the money? Because, you know, maybe it was like a Chinese uh, investment. But also, they tend to look what, a lot bigger, you know, when when they're coming on to do it because they think they can make a hundred million in China on something. And like, I'm sure, I don't even know if this movie's gonna come out there. I know, like, would be surprised if it did. Yeah, like you would think, like you hear about, it, you're like, oh, cool, they would want to watch a movie with with a like a heavy Asian presence. And you're like, well, here's what the movie's about. And you go, oh, they're not gonna want to watch that. Like, <laughs> the people might want to watch that, but. The, the the minister who makes this choice is going to get five minutes in and go, maybe we do want a Marvel movie after all. Mm. Just knowing the way they work and like what they ask. Because then they ask, what was the thing we just heard? And then we'll, we'll end because it's late. That they asked something to be removed from one of the recent movies that was just going to be like an absurd ask. Oh, they wanted to take the Statue of Liberty out of uh, No Way Home. Yeah. Just, which, like, just redo the entire climax, why don't you? <laughs> Yeah, for for them, like they don't care what we do here. Just have an alternative. Um, that's not negotiating in good faith, or you know, believing your own hype in a way to be like, no, you want our money that badly. They did fine, so it didn't matter. But um, yeah, we'll see. So um, yeah, let's let's wrap up. We will um, be back next week, probably with the draft. I'm glad everyone seems to enjoy the uh, the game, and at the very least, nobody complained, which. I always take as an implicit uh, avenue to continue. And uh, yeah, fair warning, next week we will probably get into the things in Multiverse of Madness that you wouldn't want to know about if you haven't seen. But I'm guessing the box office this weekend will dictate that a fair amount of you have seen it. So this is kind of how we do Marvel. We have our like week it releases chat where I don't think we reveal anything you would be upset knowing. And then the next week we warn you and we do a three-person generic and then we go deep. So you have your assignment. In the meantime, uh, stay safe. Try to find a distraction. Hopefully this was a distraction. We started on kind of a downer note. And, uh, you know, be good to each other because the world is not really being good to, uh, to us. So fingers crossed there. And uh, we will uh, see you at the movies. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.